Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey. Hi. Hi, this is the Babylon Pastors Podcast. <laughs> take two. Hi, this is the Babylon Pastors Podcast. At Hi, take three. This is the Babylon Pastors Podcast. <laughs> welcome. Welcome all. Welcome one. Welcome all. And we're talking about how not to babble up front in front of a bunch of people. This whole month, we've been talking about preaching and sort of the whys and how to's as um, really, it really should be a gift. We should make you pay for this because we're so experienced. Yeah. You know, know, I haven't had a Patreon page up to this point, but yeah. um, and we're still Piper, actually. I just got off the phone with Piper and was just kind of giving him some pointers with. Good. Uh, he's only been doing it for eighty thousand years. He needs some help. <laughs> oh, don't. You know, Piper's here. Seen us still, it's a miracle. So, I feel like Piper. If you were going to take points from Piper, which here we've already done a thing on him. He's great. He's good at preaching. Uh, but it would be to have like extravagant arm movements, and then every so often, uh, go. And it's for the glory of God in a very emotional voice, which I cannot replicate, obviously. I just indicated that. And then, um, but a must is, uh, I feel like if there's ever like a, um, here's a different point that my brain just went to. If if Piper dies um, and a movie is made of him, Larry Davis must play Piper. Hmm. So... I don't know. I mean, he looks like or Bernie Sanders. If he's not a presidential campaign anymore, we need to get Bernie Sanders to to play Piper. He looks similar. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so similar theologically. Anyway, uh, (laughs) the question at hand this episode is: uh, What is the desired outcome of a sermon? I usually preach to get paid. So that's the outcome. Yeah, I absolutely do. That's I have to, right? <laughs> All right, now it's your turn to preach. So go ahead. Woo! All right, today, everyone. No, we're not, uh, not doing that yet. The desired is outcome is not to get paid. <laughs> Let me make that clear. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, ironically, this, this wraps all, not ironically, I don't know how to use words. Uh, it wraps back around to the first podcast. Of the desired outcome is point to the glory of God and to point back to Jesus. In case you didn't know that, uh, you might be going to the wrong church. That isn't a joke. Uh, that if if at the end of the sermon, this does not point to the glorification of God and the exaltation of who Jesus is and what He's done and is going to do, um, there's a problem. Now. That's just my opinion. But in any text, that can happen. For example, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I would have already preached this sermon. But Nehemiah, I'm going to preach on Nehemiah, uh, specifically about uh, the wall being rebuilt and the people coming together and the word being opened up and them, uh, (coughs) sorry, I'm dying, Uh, and them hearing the word and being taught. Um, But all of that at the very end, I'm sorry, you covered your mouth. Oh, the corona. Coughing. All of that uh, obviously being a point then and there and that being important, but uh, that also 
pointing to a day uh, and a promise of a promised Messiah coming and then uh, wanting to see that fulfillment. So that won't be the main point, obviously, but that is uh, is pointing toward that. Everything that happens then is a people that have come back to a land that are looking for fulfillment of a promise still in their day. Um, Maybe I'm going to preach a little sermon. Uh, It's just like us coming together, being taught, waiting again for a a promise, though it is different, but a, a, a similar promise of Jesus coming back for his bride after fulfilling the promise that they themselves were waiting for. So, the point is, it's supposed to point to Jesus. If I don't walk out, for example, if I walk out of a sermon and I feel really good about myself and bettering myself because God has given me a plan and a purpose to fulfill and I'm going to go do that, um, that's different than me walking out understanding that uh, I am created in the Imago day and that I am created to go out and spread his good news to the people. Um, those are two different messages, <laughs> two different outcomes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think... Um... This this can be a complicated question or a super easy question. And um, I think when I hear what is the desired outcome of a sermon, I agree completely with uh, what you've been saying. And that's where my heart is at. I know there are some, like I was asked uh, probably last summer uh, sometime, I was asked, why don't we have, and, and they weren't upset, but just wondering, why, why don't we have altar calls mm. every week? Asked that a couple times, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't have a, a problem with that necessarily, but um, there are some sermons that I've preached that is, again, text-driven, that um, is very much like this is going to be heavy. Like a week or two before um, I'll preach this particular sermon, I'm already feeling it like this is it's going to be kind of heavy for people. And so I'll, I'll talk to our elders and say, hey, uh, one or two of you go ahead and volunteer or be there or whatever. So afterward, I'm going to point to you um, and say, talk to one of these guys. They'll pray with you, whatever. Um, so we will have kind of a, something like that available for people because I'm just sure this is a text that is going to make at least somebody feel like, wow, I need God, you know, in a way that I don't have him or haven't submitted to him or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I would just complete agreement with what you said in the sense that we, um, if people leave church, church, the the gathering not church but if people leave the the worship gathering or the worship service depending on um what you call it but uh, yeah if if people leave on a sunday morning um having worshiped god i mean truly really worshiped god some of that's obviously on them if you come to church to be entertained it's nothing to do with how good or bad the preaching is right um uh if you come to church mad at your whole family and so you're not in the mood to worship or whatever like that some of this is on you right as a person being in the church but but just from the perspective of the the stuff that goes on in in a sunday morning 
get together of the people of God. Um, if you leave having worshiped, if you leave with, with going, wow, God is big, or wow, God is amazing, or wow, I really need God, or um, I think uh, straight to the gospel, we've talked about that this month a little bit, like that being even part of the preparation. How does the gospel, how can I apply this uh, gospel um, it, into people's lives where I know they're at? And um, that being the case, it's, it's a goal, I think, to have um, people leave either understanding more deeply that day than they did yesterday, um, their need for the gospel, um, or um, they maybe will leave uh, more thankful and aware of how amazing the gospel is. Like, it, it really should be the case that they leave um, with a high view of God, the gospel, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Um, yes, I'm in the Baptist church. I just said Holy Spirit. It's okay. He's real. And uh, if they leave with that, right, then um, then I think the sermon, as well as other things throughout the service, have done their job. It's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at. So um, on that, this was not a, a purpose of this, but uh, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper because you piqued my interest here. So, uh, on the, uh, so the reason it has, right? So I've been asked a couple different times because of the sermon I, uh, I preach, uh, some of them, like you said, dictated by the text, are going to point people a little bit more, you know, directly toward their sin and their need for Jesus than others, other sermons will. Um, and I've been actually, <laughs> a funny story, there was actually one time I preached, uh, because I, we'll get into this here in a minute probably, uh, but I don't do altar calls, and I can get into that reason here in a minute, but I got done and I prayed and the way our service works, usually uh, I'll get done. I'll pray. I'll get done. And then, um, uh, depending on what's going on. So the pastor will get up and do something out like an in sort of thing, uh, or something like that. And in this particular case, uh, I was done. I got done and he came up and he gave an altar call for my sermon <laughs> because, Not. because that's, uh, uh, in our tradition, that happens a lot, okay? Yeah. Now, I, per I personally don't, and I can get into that in a minute, but I thought that was funny because I was just like, it's so ingrained in people's heads that, okay, well, this is a moment we need to get some people saved. And here's <laughs> the reason I don't. I'd be interested in your, your thing or if you do it or how you – I mean, I think you explain kind of how you do it. But um, I personally, though, because here's the thing. If the sermon hits you, I want you to think about that and go to somebody – and to talk to them about that and actually pray with it, it's a, like a more personal thing than you go up and do like a, I'm going to go up and pray on an altar and demonstrate this thing and, you know, say this prayer or whatever and be very emotional about it. And again, emotion's fine. But the thing is that I found it so much more productive to be like, hey, you know, what I will mention is, hey, if this hits you, if this is real for you, if you like, if this is weighty on your soul, you need to talk to you know, I usually I'll say one of the saints in the church, and that's an indication they understand that language, which is this is somebody that established, they've been a Christian for a long time. You know, I mean, those people are known. It's just they know, everybody knows who those people are. 
Um, you need to talk to them about that. You need to have that discussion. And that's my way of saying, look, the, the ball is in your court at this point. Like you, you need to ask those questions. I can't save you. And there aren't no magic words that are, but you need to talk this out. Um, so they know what that language means, a lot of them. Um, but I don't do that because for me, it's a matter of, and again, this is probably, I mean, you, we've told our story in the first couple of podcasts. I've seen altar calls abused a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, or just not understood. I can't tell you how many times I was quote unquote saved in an altar, right? When 246 I for me. Uh, it's a 246. <laughs> but for me, it's one of those things where I'm like, look, you need to consider this. You need to think about this. You need to understand this. Uh, I don't want to give you a false sense of salvation when you don't have one. Like you, your heart needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally, that's why I don't. But I thought that was so funny one time when he got up and he did that. And I was just like, dude. That is really funny. <laughs> it's just like, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're riding off the coattails of this sermon here. But um, the outcome, and I get it, because some people's the outcome is to get people saved. Which, okay, I mean, that the gospel is to go out and to declare the glory of God to uh, the lost, to bring them into the family of God. I mean, great commission. I get it. Um, but I think that's so much better done in a one-on-one personal, let's talk through this, let's pray through this together situation than it is in a, an emotionally charged uh, guilt trip sort of situation. Because here's the thing, there's one thing to be actually filled the, the weight of the Holy Spirit's conviction on you in a genuine way versus I feel really, really guilty in this moment because of whatever's happening around me. Um, so my desired outcome is not to have you come up to an altar and say a prayer. My desired outcome is to point you to Jesus and let you and the Holy Spirit work that out. Well, now that your sermon is out of the way, um, <laughs> no, I, I'm in, um, I, I agree. I, we, do, it's actually so not part of the culture here though, that I can, um, there are probably some Baptists who uh, maybe have been a part of this church for a long time that were used to that. Mm-hmm. But by and large, we have a melting pot of people at Hillside. We have uh, people who used to be Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist, like Southern Baptist, Baptist, uh, Pentecostal, Calvinist different types of charismatic. We have people from all kind of different walks of Christianity. So um, that makes for interesting theological discussions, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Coming, coming along with that is, is this, um, it, it's there. It's not a normal thing. Like if I were to get up and give an altar call, it would actually be weird and awkward for some people that that happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I, I kind of choose to do it in such a way that um, for me, it's got to be text driven like everything else we've talked about this month. If there's a specific thing or uh, within the sermon that I think this is probably going to hit some people hard, the, the, um, the reason for the altar call, which it's not, we don't have an altar or anything. Um, it's all I do is like what I described. I'll have, um, a couple of elders 
uh, two or three guys in different parts of the sanctuary that are a little more private and you can go up there and chat and they can pray for you, that kind of thing. And it's not always about come, come up. If you don't know Jesus, come up. I mean, I think part of what you, the culture down there that we grew up in, it comes from the big tent revival kind of stuff historically. And so it's just part of it. Like you go, um, church, um, Sunday morning, and we've talked about this in previous months, Sunday morning, um, in my view, not everyone has this view, um, Elevation Church, but some, um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, Andy Stanley, but some, some churches uh, have different views, and it is what it is, it's fine, but for, for me, when I look at scripture, when I look at the text, um, Sunday morning is for believers mm-hmm. it's for christians to come together um and admonish one another get in one another's lives love on one another and bring one another to the gospel and worship yeah so sunday morning for us here isn't an evangelistic event yeah um by definition there are some sermons some texts that we will come across that are sort of evangelistic in nature and i'm not so naive as to think that every human being that puts a butt in a chair in my church building are yeah christian right exactly so you have to account for that we're doing all this live streaming junk now so there will be people who run across this who you are live streaming rob (laughs) so much work it's i wouldn't have said junk if i didn't have to do it bro but Anyway, I'm, I'm so over it. It's not funny. But, um, but with, uh, I don't know. So I, I do it from time to time when the text kind of is a thing. The, the, the desired outcome of that particular event or part of the service is not that people would come to know Christ. Um, it's also generally whatever the text whatever came out of the text so um it's, well, i think that drives a lot of it right so how you view and I, that's going to drive a lot of preparation of preaching too so if we're going back to the core of what we're talking about this month how you prepare like what you think church is or what it's for is going to drive what you think preaching is for and how you prepare your sermon so like you said if it's a, if your if your view is that you know church is evangelistic and you have a huge amount of people in there that are not saved, then yeah, you're going to do, I don't know, relationship goals, for example. Uh, And you're going to, you know, you're going to get that in there because that's a catchy thing for them because they don't know how to do relationship and they're going to come in for that. Uh, Whereas if it is educational, uh, you know, teaching, building up the body, that sort of thing, which I would be in a hundred percent agreement with you with, um, you're going to approach that a lot differently. You are going to dig deeper, because you are talking to people that are that have been changed from death to life that have a love for jesus that want to pursue him so you're going to be able to go a whole lot deeper on stuff i know we've talked about this in previous podcasts a little bit but you're going to be able to dig deeper because these these people love jesus they're not concerned about if it's catchy they're concerned about if you know it's if it's beneficial to their walk with jesus how they can apply the word to their life not hey 
give me some good quote unquote advice on how to do relationship without, you know, if you want to include Jesus in my relationship and how I do it, that's fine. Cause it seems like you Christians have decent relationships. So I'll take part of your stuff, but I don't want the whole, you know, if you start preaching about Jesus and telling me not to live with my boyfriend, girlfriend and telling me that, you know, I shouldn't be having sex with them or uh, I don't want that part. Just tell me how to have a good relationship. Like, that's the difference, how you approach it. I mean, it totally, because I mean, again, what I would say to that and what I say to that all the time is when you see in the scripture, it is the Christians living out their understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for them out in their communities. And then adding those people to their number as they believe on that same Jesus. Yeah. Um, you don't see, <laughs> you don't see Paul writing letters to the churches going, you know, trying to, trying to, to, uh, to attract the unbelievers in Corinth. And he's talking to the believers going, why are y'all still jacked up? You know who Jesus is. Act like it. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and even, even when um, <laughs> some of the way that Jesus evangelized, um, well, so he even said it. What, what's the reason you use parables, Jesus? Well, I mean, Jesus wasn't all about, oh, no, but it would be great for your marriage. Jesus was about, this is your heart, and it's dark, and it's dirty, and you're afraid. See ya. You know, I mean, like, that. there's there's an element to, to what Jesus even did evangelistically that were that was very, like, um, take it or leave it, right? Like, it, it's, not, it's not about me running out and trying to be attractive. Um, if God has elected you you will be attracted <laughs> right i wonder why you were looking around i get it i get it now <laughs> oh, um, no but i i you know church um i i don't think you can follow the script of like acts and the things that happened in the first church historically i don't think you can look at any of those things and come away with their getting together regularly was for the purpose of drawing new believers in and evangelizing you you get together regularly to build up the church and then the church essentially goes out all over the place and evangelizes because that's what their entire life is about yeah um is fulfilling the commands and the great commission of jesus christ yeah so there's your outcome I want, yeah. I, I want, when I'm done preaching, when I'm done teaching, whatever it is in scripture, I want people to have uh, such a large view of God, Jesus, gospel, that they leave here and live that out loud that week. There you go. I don't think we have to say a whole lot more about that. That pretty much sums it up as he sips his coffee with the light so as a review the purpose of preaching is to glorify god there's lots of tools to do that but those tools have to be used correctly within the context and point right so if you start with the the bad purpose of it uh, as we just summarized to uh to attract people it's going to affect how you prepare uh, and it's going to dictate how you look at the text but if your purpose is to glorify god as the whole purpose of the bible is to do um, and you follow that, you're going to use those tools and those components to, at the end of the day, as Rob said, prepare a sermon that points people to Jesus to live that out 
so that more may be added to his kingdom. So, Shakalaka. Boom I don't have a mic. You don't have a mic. Well, I have a mic. I don't, I can't drop it though. Hold my on. mic is on my MacBook and I'm not dropping that. So, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Ready? And mic drop. All right. Yep. Nice. Very anti comeback. Really save my. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like it, share it. If you like it, comment on it. If you like it, join the Patreon that does not exist. <laughs> we'll have we'll be passing offering plates next month. Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, stay tuned for that. There you go. Good deal. Text, you, can give. Um, you can text to give and to donate. We're not going to give you that number though. Yeah, right, because that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist either. <laughs> also, buy the merch that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Here's the most important part, if you got anything out of this month. If you are uh, given the opportunity uh, to get up in front of people and preach, please do a good job. <laughs> and don't, 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 don't screw it up. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Have a great day. See you later.